This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 nonstop destination for A's baseball. Go to athletics.com slash A's Cast to download the app. Restrictions apply. Looking for the latest on the A's minor leagues? One of the latest additions to A's Cast is The Farm. A look around the minor leagues with interviews, updates, and profiles on the future A's tearing up the minors. Welcome to our A's Farm podcast. I'm your host, AthleticsFarm.com Editor-in-Chief Bill Moriarty. And as I'm sure you know, the A's held their annual Fan Fest recently, and I had the chance to talk with a number of the A's young players and prospects. On our last episode, we talked with a bunch of the A's top young pitching prospects, including Jesus Lazardo, A.J. Puck, James Caprillion, and Dalton Jeffries. And on this episode, we'll be catching up with some of the team's most promising young hitting prospects, including Seth Brown, Sean Murphy, and Jonah Heim. And we'll also be talking with Ye's new assistant hitting coach and former AAA hitting coach Eric Martins about some of the team's top young hitters. But first, we checked in with Seth Brown, who had a huge year at the plate for AAA Las Vegas last year. And Brown finally got the opportunity to make his major league debut for the A's late last season when he got the chance to play in plenty of meaningful games and make some big contributions down the stretch. I know last time I talked to you, you were doing a lot of fishing up in Oregon. You're still still fishing a lot in the offseason, or what else have you been up to? Well, the best fishing happens here in like the next month, so uh, I got it out of my system here this month and uh, fished quite a bit. But no, nah, now nah, it's just getting ready and uh, kind of fine-tuning everything to make sure I'm ready to go for spring training. And what about the workout routine? How are you keeping in shape this offseason? Uh, you know, I usually don't miss a day, um, you know, so working out is fun for me. It's not really a job for me. Um, it's kind of one of those things like brushing your teeth I, mean, I got to do it, so um, I look forward to, the, I mean, to working out every day, and so that portion of it is no problem for me. So let's talk a little bit about the season you had in Las Vegas before you came up to the A's. You, you had a tremendous offensive season there. We know it's a, a good hitting environment there in Vegas. Can you talk a little bit about what it's like to hit there in that park and in that environment there in the desert in Vegas? Uh, no, it's definitely fun. Um, you know, the ball does fly a little bit, which is always good for hitters. Um, but, I mean, the at- atmosphere itself was awesome. The fans were great, um, and we had a packed house most nights. So uh, just being a part of that, you know, out there was awesome for me and kind of a – kind of a good just a, a point to where I can get comfortable doing what I want to do up there and um, but no I loved every minute of it and uh, it's awesome it's a lot better than hitting in Midland right <laughs> absolutely no absolutely <laughs> well fortunately after that good season of Vegas you had the chance to make your major league debut at the end of the year uh, how exciting and how gratifying was that for you to finally get that opportunity after all these years we, we know you I think I think you're 27 so you know it's been it's been a while in, in coming and you've had to work hard to get there so how gratifying was that experience uh, for me, it was it was awesome just because, I, I mean, I've put so much time and effort into it over the years. Um, 
you know, and so when you grind for something that long, um, you know, and you're putting everything you have into it, and for it all to come out how it did uh, was just so satisfying for me, um, you know, and it's just kind of an accomplishment of, you know, like a dream we all have as kids. So having that all come to a head last year for me was a very, very special. Um, you know, I made a lot of memories last year that will be with me forever, and, you know, I, I can, I mean, I'm so thankful that I was, you know, just a part of everything last year. Well, coming into uh, spring training, now the A's have a lot of, a lot of outfielders on the roster. We've got Laureano, Cannon, <laughs> your, your friend Grossman here, and uh, Piscotti, of course, Chad Pinder. So there's going to be competition for those spots on the roster coming into spring. What's your what's your mindset heading into spring, looking looking at that competition ahead of you? Uh, you know, it, it's awesome. You know, cause like I said, we have a lot of depth here, so, uh, you know, that breeds a good competition. And, and for me, uh, you know, I, I have, a I, I think, a long way to go. Um, and uh, for me to come in into spring training this year, my goal is to earn a spot. Wherever that is on the field doesn't matter to me, um, but uh, I want to earn my spot. And that's how I look at this spring training is, um, you know, with every with all the players we have out there, I mean, every one of them are awesome players. So uh, that brings everybody up a notch. So, I mean, the, the level out there is going to be awesome to be a part of. Um, and for me, earning a spot is, is my, my focus and helping the helping this team uh, in any way I can. That's how I look at it. Great. Well, best of luck to you this spring and the rest of the season. Thank you very much. Stay tuned for more on our A's Farm podcast coming right up. The A's made catcher Sean Murphy their third round pick in the 2016 draft. Murphy was always known for his defensive abilities behind the plate, but he's just been getting more and more productive at the plate every year. And despite having to deal with some injuries last season, he turned in some big numbers last year hitting 15 home runs in just 61 combined major and minor league games in 2019. Murphy made his major league debut for Oakland last September, and he's expected to be the A's primary backstop behind the plate in 2020. So uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, your past season here. Uh, ob obviously, there was some injury issues. You ended up missing a lot of time. I think you had some more knee surgery after the season ended. So how are you feeling physically right now? Uh, good. Uh, it was just a simple cleanup. Uh, we went in and just, you know, we consider that an occupational hazard as far as, you know, me squatting as much as I do. So it was a simple cleanup. Uh, should have no effects going into next year. So this was one of the simpler surgeries you've had recently. <laughs> Yeah, no, they've all actually been fairly simple, but uh, yeah, no, they just went in, cleaned up some stuff, and you know, took out some junk from there. But uh, you know, I totally expected things to happen there. Well, fortunately, even though you did miss time last year, when you were on the field, you you performed at a very high level, both offensively and, and defensively. I think you hit uh, 15 home runs overall last year and about 250 at bats, maybe. There's a lot, a lot of power came out of you very quickly once you got back on the field. What do you think accounts for the sort of power surge you were able to show last year? Uh, I don't think anything, one thing in particular. Uh, just a combination of, of fine-tuning and approaches and, you know, all, all the stuff I I had the opportunity to think about while I was, you know, rehabbing. Uh, you know, you can still get better even though, you know, you're kind of laying on your back all day. Um, there's, there's other things you can always work on and, and, and think about. And, um, 
you know, just you know, being excited to finally get out there and, and, and play and perform, it's you know, it, it gives you energy. And I don't think I can pinpoint one thing for you know why I had a power surge. Well, when you came uh, to Vegas, a AAA for the first time, you really you were really hitting up a storm coming right out of the box there. Obviously, you were eager eager to get going again. But how do you feel about hitting in Vegas in that ballpark and in that environment there? Oh, that's a beautiful stadium out there, and uh, absolutely a great place to hit. I don't think that's any secret. Um, you know that, that whole division in the PCL is it, it's a hitters hitters division, and you know you can go out there and hit a bunch of home runs, but uh, it, it's you know you, you can get away with some cheapies there, and you, you know you got to understand when you get one, and you know you can hit a bad home run there and and still feel good about it. But the the whole goal is to you know hit the ball well every time, and you know yeah. it's definitely not uh, not quite like hitting in Midland, right? Completely different. <laughs> um, Midland is tough just because just because the wind blowing in constantly, but it makes you a better hitter. Uh, you know, it, it forces you to you know keep ball in line, uh, and you're not getting hits. You're not getting cheap hits out there. Uh, you got to earn everything, and so you know spending time in Midland uh, makes you a better hitter because you have to become a better hitter, yeah, and it makes you appreciate Vegas even more. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Now the good news is, even though you missed a lot of time, you had to deal with you know stints on the injured list, which nobody enjoys. You did end up getting the chance to make it to the major leagues and make your major league debut late in the season. So how exciting was that for you to finally get that opportunity? Oh, incredibly exciting. Uh, dream come true. I don't know. I mean, it's, you know, it's been the goal since I was little. And, uh, you know, to finally achieve it, it's a good feeling. But, uh, you know, it, once you get there, you can't kind of, you know, feel complacent because you got there and now it's, I got to stay there. Um, and that's, that's even harder. Uh, you know, even fewer guys are able to stay. And, uh, yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. So what kind of, speaking of that, what kind of challenges did you face in the major leagues and what kind of adjustments did you did you have to make once you kind of got there and got the lay of the land and realized the kind of level of competition you were now uh, up against uh, the game is the same uh, the game will always be the same and you know nothing baseball wise surprised me or shocked me but uh, the preparation you have to put in at the big league level is is, is different uh, I had a whole staff of guys in September going in that I had to worry about and I didn't want to be the the rookie that steps in the middle of a playoff race and makes rookie mistakes and you know cost the team a game and you know they're all important games and you know we were playing we were playing important games all the way down to the second to last game of the season and uh, you know I, I didn't want to be making silly mistakes um, you know Bob gave me an opportunity and I didn't want to, to blow it just by simply being unprepared now as a catcher you've got a lot more on your mind than a lot of other players on the field you know because you're not just thinking about what you're going to do at the plate you've got to work with the pitching staff you've got to block balls you got to frame pitches you got to you got to do all kinds of things you've always had a great reputation for your defensive work but as we know with catching there's so much to always work on is it, what what aspect of your defensive game are you still feel you're 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 having to learn about yeah. all of it but uh, you know the biggest strides again will come in, in, in pitch calling and game management um, you know that's what separates you know the long
longtime big leaguers from you know other guys yeah. is that they're able to adjust and, and, and call games and prepare and work with their pitching staff to give their team the best chance to win every night. Uh, I've told a few people today already that I'll go 0 for 4 and call a shutout and a win, then go 5 for 5 and lose. Um, you know, I don't know if everybody makes a trade, but every single catcher, I guarantee you, will tell you that you know a shutout is a much more satisfying feeling than a couple of hits, and uh, that's why you know 95% of our focus and priority goes to being successful on that side of the baseball because we're responsible for another player's success, which is a unique position. Uh, nobody else is responsible for anybody else in the field, but the catcher has a responsibility to the pitcher to uh, to go out there and, 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 and have an idea and communicate and, and get a guy through a game maybe if he doesn't have his best stuff. Yeah. Right. Now, how much are you looking forward to this year knowing that you're kind of going into the situation expected to be the primary starting catcher for the A's? How much is your mindset different heading into spring training knowing that that's kind of a role that's expected for you this season? Absolutely nothing is different. Um, in past years, I, you know, I would work with the AAA guys or the AA guys in those games, whatever level I was going to. And this year, it's just I'm working with, you know, the big league guys, and I'm going to work with those guys. But other than that, everything stays the same. Um, learning those guys and catching their bullpens and, and and putting in the time with each each guy to make sure that they're comfortable coming into the game and throw to me is is the goal. Well, you're certainly working with a, a great young pitching staff this season. You've got guys like Luzardo and Puck coming onto the scene now who you've had experience with before. Can you talk a little bit about some of those young guys and, and yeah. just how talented they are from your point of view as a catcher? I, mean, I can't say enough about those guys. Uh, I've had them for the last few years and, and um, you know, as good a pitcher as they are, they're, they're, they're just as hard of workers. Um, there's a reason why they're successful and they're in the position that they're in. Uh, you know, those guys, uh, you know, I've watched each of them battle injury um, and, and come out stronger. Uh, so I the makeup on those guys is, you know, is even better than the stuff they bring on the mound. Uh, but just their, their toughness and you know their their maturity for you know, is, is beyond their their years. Uh, you know, it's not something you can say for every every young guy. But I feel like that that, that those guys are special. Sounds like they're ready for it, and uh, sounds like you are too. You've certainly got a great pitching staff to work with this season. We look forward to seeing you spending plenty of time behind the plate. Hopefully with a bunch of shutouts this year too. I hope so. Yeah. Thank you. Stay tuned for more on our A's Farm podcast coming right up. The good news for the A's is that Sean Murphy isn't the only promising catcher they've got in the system. Switch hitting backstop Jonah Heim, much like Murphy, also had a big year at the plate in 2019, hitting over 385 combined games for AAA Las Vegas and AA Midland. The young receiver was added to the A's 40-man roster in the offseason, and like Murphy, he could be ready to make his major league debut before too long. So, first of all, how you been spending your offseason? Uh, well, this offseason is a little different. I got to go out to the Dominican and play out there for about five weeks, and then uh, just that was an amazing experience. And then just getting back, getting back in the gym, and getting back in the swing of things, getting ready for spring. Was that the first time you had a chance to play in the winter league? Yeah, that was, this is my first opportunity to go out there, and it was it was uh, it was it's pretty amazing. Well, I saw the stats. It looked like you had a good time out there. Anyway, you were hitting well. You hit for a high average. What was it like? What was the competition like that you were facing there? Uh, it's great competition out there. Everybody, everybody out there is it's, it's like a playoffs atmosphere every game. So you got to go out there and be prepared every day. And it's just it's just one of those experiences where you have to go out and do it. And once you do it, you're, 
you're very happy that you were able to do it. Well, also this offseason, you know, the A's had had to add you to the 40-man roster or you would have had the chance to become a minor league free agent, and they fortunately did add you to the 40-man roster at one point. Uh, were, you, were you pretty confident that was going to happen, or how did you feel about finally getting added to the 40-man anyway? Uh, I mean, it's baseball and it's a business, and you never know what's going to happen. So when you, when you do get that call, it's obviously it's one step closer to the, to the goals that we've been that I've been trying to do my whole life and just get to play in the big leagues. So it was it was uh, it was an awesome call to receive, and I'm just I'm grateful to be here. Now, last season you had a great season at the plate. I mean, you really just seemed to kick things up a notch first at Midland and then at Las Vegas. What do you think accounted for the success you had offensively last year? Uh, just just being confident in my abilities. I mean. Uh, playing at that, that level is it's tough day in and day out. And you have struggles, obviously, but just being able to be confident in what you're doing every single day, that that really puts it up a whole other level. Now, you did get that first opportunity in AAA, which I'm sure was exciting for you, and you hit really well there in Vegas, which which is a pretty good hitting environment, yeah, most people feel. But how did you feel about hitting in Vegas? Uh, hitting in Vegas is out of this world. I mean, it's... I mean, the stadium there is it's top of the yard, so you, seeing the ball there is it's just really easy and, and just, I mean the ball the ball kind of flies there with the uh, high elevation so that helps us out a little bit but uh, it's it's out of this world so now at the end of the season they had a bit of a roster crunch there at the uh, catcher position and you had to go back down to Midland for the last couple weeks of the season how do you feel about was that a little disappointing to not be able to finish the season up there with uh, with Vegas yeah it's a little disappointing but at the end of the day I wanted to play every day so going down to Midland and getting my bats and getting to play every day that's that's all I really wanted to do so I mean I got to go up at the end of the year back to the playoffs so it all worked out in the end now you know we talked about your you you're hitting this year and you're a very productive offensive catcher but you're also pretty solid behind the plate as well but as we know with catching there's always something more to learn and something to work on what in particular you still feel you're working on in terms of your defensive game behind the plate yeah we every year we have, we have to work on something and it's we have to work on everything really it's, it's not only getting our weaknesses up but it's also working on our strengths so um, probably just working on scouting reports and getting to know each and every pitcher in and out and what they got and uh, just being able to help our pitching staff in any way I can. How do you feel about that part of the game, the, the having to work with the pitching staff? You know, nobody else on the field, no other position players have to be as in tuned with pitching as you do. What do you, what do you feel about that aspect of the game? Uh, I mean, I, I love that part of the job because you build a relationship with a whole bunch of other guys and you just build in friendships and then you become a family. So when you get that aspect in the game, then it just makes everything so much easier. So now that we're heading into spring training, you'll be in big league camp to start the spring. What's your focus? What are you thinking about? What are you focused on heading into this spring and this coming season? Uh, just, just getting your body ready. You're just getting in baseball shape again, and, and you're just getting to learn the pitchers and what they got and what stuff they got, and just like the little intricate details and their preparation and all that stuff. And once you get to know the pitchers, and, and then it just makes the season a whole lot easier. I'd imagine. <laughs> Once you get that relationship sorted, everything's good, right? Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, best of luck this spring and the rest of the season, Jonah. Thank you. Stay tuned for more on our A's Farm podcast coming right up. After working with many of Oakland's top young hitting prospects at the AAA level for many years, the A's made Eric Martins the team's new assistant hitting coach in the offseason. He's worked with many of the A's current players like Matt Chapman and Matt Olson for years, and we took the opportunity to talk with him about a number of the team's top young hitters. 
So first of all, I know you've been a triple-A coach for a long time, working with a lot of the guys down there right before they make this major league stop. So what's it like for you to now have the opportunity to join the major league staff? I'm excited. You know, I, I really am truly humbled with the opportunity to to be here with these guys and see these guys at this level now. You know, it's it's been a lot of hard work and seeing these guys get to where they're at now and to see them on an everyday basis in the big leagues, it's going to be fun to watch. Well, I know a lot of these guys uh, you've worked with in triple AAA and, and during their minor league stint. A guy like Seth Brown who came up last year, I know you've always been a big Seth Brown booster. <laughs> How satisfying was it for you to see a guy like that who's really worked hard in the minor leagues to get an opportunity to finally get a chance to, to make the major league roster last season? Well, that's what it's all about. The stories like Seth Brown are the ones that are the ones that are, are that are exciting and and and, and kind of just make you smile as a coach. You know, a guy that comes in and you know, not a premium draft pick, but works his butt off every single day and makes Makes him a better baseball player and and finds finds his opportunity in AAA and takes advantage of it and gets to the big leagues, you know. And no one's going to stop Seth Brown. No one's going to outwork him. Um, and that's what his mindset is. And he's he's worked himself into a big leaguer. And uh, you know, it's it's fun to see. It's fun to watch. It puts a smile on all our faces. You know, a lot of a lot of the hitting coaches in the organization have had a lot of time with him. Tommy Everidge for has had him forever. You know, so it's 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 a it's a great story. Um, perseverance and hard work. We'll get you everywhere. Well, I know another guy you've got to be glad to see on the Major League staff here and be reunited with is Matt Chapman. I think you said you'd known him since he was about 14. Is that right? Yeah, I've known him since he was like 12, 13 years old and coached him when he was in travel ball and used to give him a few lessons here and there and then had him on my scout ball team in high school and then obviously got to draft him. So it's it's, it's a lot of history there. It's an interesting story. It's a great story of how far back we go. Um, you know, we still talk and he's, he's as excited as anybody. And when I first found out, and got the promotion. He sent me a text and was excited about it, and and so I saw him here for the first time. We gave each other a big hug, and it's just it's going to be a good time. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm sure it's got to be great to be reunited with so many of these guys that you come up through the system with yourself as a coach and them as players. I wanted to ask you about a few guys that you had last year at Vegas. Now, a guy that's always intriguing is Franklin Barreto, and I obviously I'm sure you've spent tremendous amounts of time working with him over the years at different points. You know, he had a, I remember last year he had a great winter. Uh, when playing in winter ball and you know he often gets the opportunities in the major leagues and they're usually kind of limited you know he doesn't get in there every day and sometimes he'll he'll struggle a little bit because of that and then he'll go back down to AAA and hit the cover off the ball for a while it looks like he could have the opportunity in that with that second base opening to at least maybe be in a platoon with the A's this year where do you feel Franklin Barreto's at what do you feel you know he needs to help him get over that hump and be able to be a consistent contributor at the big league level well I think it's there's, there's a sense of urgency that he needs to come in with now. Um, you know, he's a guy that's started slow and then caught on fire last year, and when he got his opportunity, he didn't really take advantage of it. I think he just needs to come in with a sense of urgency and say, hey, this is my job. This was supposed to be my job. It's time for me to take this job and show them what I can do on an everyday basis. And we all know he's got the ability to do that. You know, there's no more excuses. There's no more reasons why he shouldn't come in and, and take advantage of being able to, to win that position because he's got all the ability in the world and it would be sad to see him go somewhere else and then finally see it come out you know so I hope he comes in with that urgency and 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 you know I know he will he works his butt off he's a great kid you root for him because you want him to take that job and I know we want him to as well so it's going to be interesting because there's a couple other guys that are in that mix that can also help this team so it's you come in and you just you're looking at how interesting it's going to be seeing how it's all going to unfold so we'll see yeah I was going to ask you about one of those guys 
guys as well, Jorge Mateo, like Barreto, he's out of options. So, you know, it is kind of like a now or never situation. And, you know, he had a second year in AAA last year. He performed much better on the whole, but he started out really hot, and then he kind of struggled a bit towards the end of the year. I think a lot of times people talk about just wanting to see more consistency out of him. He certainly has flashes of brilliance, but they, they kind of want to see it on a more consistent basis. But again, he's out of options, so he's kind of in a now or never a situation as well. What do you feel about where Jorge Mateo's at at this point? Well, I told a lot of people last year, I think the big thing for him is that he came in and he, he just actually just matured as a person. Became a better professional, took a, took advantage of his situations and knew what he had to work on in the offseason, and he did. And it showed at the beginning of the year. You know, once he hit that halfway point, he kind of hit a wall. You know, some things happened that he wasn't, you know, maybe not thrilled about. And it, it kind of took a toll on him for a little bit to try to reignite what he was doing the first few months of the season. We all know what he can do. I mean, he showed you what he can do. You know, in winter ball right now, the last few games, he's actually stepped it up and picked it up a little bit. So, I mean, he's as exciting as a player as you're ever going to see. Um, he's one of those guys that, God, just get him in the, get him in the lineup somewhere and get him with a complete year of, of just being focused of what he can do. And he's, he's going to be able to do a lot of things. And I, I just, it's one of those things, man. I, I, I don't know where it's going to go. It's going to be fun to watch um, and how it's going to unfold. If there's a way that we can keep them all, that would be great. Um, I don't know what's going to happen, you know, but I, I, I'm curious to see and I'm actually looking forward to it. Yeah, it's still a mystery for all of us, uh, probably the A's front office included. So uh, we'll, we'll see how it all plays out. Another guy who made some really interesting developments last year was Sheldon Noisy. You know, that first year in AAA he had in 2018, he really struggled quite a bit. And then last year he completely turned things around, was very productive at the plate in Vegas, and got an opportunity to make his major league debut, surprisingly enough, at second base, where he really hadn't played much before. But can you talk a little bit about what you saw out of Sheldon Noisy and the development uh, he experienced last year? Yeah, I mean, we made an adjustment with him two years ago uh, in Nashville, and which he made and, 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 and ran with it for the second half of the season, in which he ended up hitting, finishing the year hitting 263. I mean, where he was hitting for most of the part of the year, it was it was a big adjustment for him. So he continued on that track from last from the year before to last year, was more consistent, played in a park that was a little more hitter-friendly now, which gave him the confidence. And that's the big thing. People don't understand how hard it is to hit in Nashville um, the year before, especially with those baseballs. And, you know, and a guy that's struggling in his first year in AAA, it's all a confidence thing. Now he, he put that together. He had some good at-bats. The balls, you know, he was forgiven on some balls that he hit. He was rewarded. The confidence build, you could see it in his eyes, and now he just took off with it. You know, as far as second base, Sheldon's a, as good as an athlete as, as uh, that people don't give him credit for. Um, played shortstop in high school. We actually played him a lot of shortstop last year when George, uh, when Jorge was hurt a little bit. And then the transition to second base for him was pretty easy. Just different angles for him. He had a little bit more time. He's got the arm strength. Um, so he's, he's one of those guys that he's going to hit. He's going to give you a good at-bat. He's a solid defender. Um, <laughs> he's, he's another guy who's going to come in, and he's going to have something to say about that second base job as well. And he's not going to go down without a fight. So, you know, the only thing I think that's has that, that, that hurts him is that he does have options. Right. Mm -hmm. So the thing with that, though, if he comes in and absolutely rakes and does something, it's going to be curious to see what, what we're going to do with that. Yeah, I mean, you can always change the dynamic with your performance. That's for sure. You mentioned briefly hitting in Vegas and the new ball they had in AAA this, this last year. Can you talk a little bit about both those factors, uh, hitting in Las Vegas, in that ballpark, in that desert environment, and the, the new balls they had last year in AAA? how that affected uh, the hitters? Well, 
I just think the uh, like I, I, I touched on it a little bit. Just having that confidence, that confidence that if you square a baseball up and hit in the gap, you're going to get rewarded for it. Sometimes a little bit more rewarded than you would. But in Nashville, you would hit that same ball and it wouldn't even get to the warning track. So, you know, when you start having that confidence that you know if you square a baseball up, then what you're going to do is you're going to really focus on what we preach is just trying to hit a ball hard, trying to hit a ball hard on a line. That's what we preach as as, as a philosophy with Oakland, as far as our hitters. And now if you do that in Oakland or you do that in Vegas, you're going to get rewarded. We're in Nashville. Yeah, it's still a good at bat. We'll pat you on the back and say, hey, that was a good swing. But they're looking at it. I'm 0 for 1. And if they do it again, I'm 0 for 2. Well, now, you, you know, the confidence starts to go down a little bit. You try to do a little bit too much. We're in Vegas now. That confidence level now is just, I touch this ball. I have a chance to get a double, triple, maybe a home run, or at least a base hit. So, you know, I don't really talk about the baseballs too much because, you know what, it's, it's, it is what it is. You know what I mean? They, as long as we're, we're taking our batting practice and we're doing our work the way that we're yeah. wanting them to do, then they're going to be fine. Well, I guess as a hitting coach, you certainly had a lot more confident hitters to deal with in Vegas last year, and you didn't have as many guys going, that should have gone out. You're right. <laughs> Definitely not. You know, and I can't tell you how many times that, that happens in Nashville. You know, these guys would absolutely square up a baseball, and we would look at the analytic numbers after, you know, it's 111 off the bat with the perfect launch angle, and the ball doesn't even get to the warning track. Well, they hit that ball in Vegas, that thing's going out of the stadium. So, <laughs> so how much are you looking forward to getting to spring training and the big league camp, working with those big league hitters and a lot of those guys that you'd worked with in AAA as well? I'm excited. You know, as far as spring training, it does, it's nothing much different for me because I've always been in big league spring training with these guys. The only difference now is when the team leaves, I get to leave with them. So <laughs> I'm excited about that and get to see these guys and, 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 and get to know them, and, uh, you know, the ones that I don't know real well and start building those relationships. But I'm really looking forward to it. I'm excited about the season, and uh, I couldn't be happier. Great. Well, we're looking forward to seeing you in the green and gold as well. Best of luck, Eric. Thank you. I appreciate it. And thanks to all of you out there for listening to this edition of our A's Farm podcast. Be sure to check back in for the next episode. And don't forget that you can always find updates on the A's top prospects and all the action in the A's minor league system on our A's Farm website at athleticsfarm.com. That's athleticsfarm.com. Thanks again. I'm A's Farm Editor-in-Chief Bill Moriarty, and we'll see you again down on the farm. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. 